You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Ruth Flegman. And I'm Noelle Herhusky-Schneider. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Later in the programme, the Bloomington Plan Commission gave a negative recommendation to rezone the proposed location of the new Monroe County Jail during their last meeting. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, the latest episode of Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. At the Monroe County Public Library Board of Trustees meeting on November 9th, Director Greer Carson informed the board that they are evaluating health insurance options for staff. So as you all know, we've been talking about um, what we might call total rewards in terms of compensation. We're in the middle of a compensation review, which we haven't done for some time. But what we do every single year is evaluate our health insurance options Uh, take a look at the market when we feel it's appropriate and see if there are better options out there. And this year, uh, we got a lot of feedback from MCPL staff uh, on what they found uh, rewarding about our current uh, health insurance plan and where we might be able to make some improvements. We considered some of the discussions that we had last November about health insurance when we were looking to renew with SIHO. And uh, we took all of that and did some extensive work, got some bids from the marketplace. Thanks to our, our partners at JA Benefits, of course, uh, we were able to come up with some really good options. And tonight we're going to propose one of those options. I'd like to introduce uh, Becky Throckmorton, our HR assistant manager, who's really run point on this project. HR assistant manager Becky Throckmorton informed the board of the work the managers did in collaboration with JA Benefits to assess the library's health insurance options. So back in March and April, we did a full analysis of all of our benefits, and we did some pretty extensive benchmarking with the help of JA Benefits. Um, So we looked at regional, local, um, and industry data to see how our insurance benefits matched up with those of other providers. Um, So we looked at um, the premiums that we were receiving um, from the carrier, the way that we split those premiums with our employees, and made sure that everything was in line there. Um, To recap, because it's been a while since we had that conversation, um, we discussed that MCPL is covering 100% of the premium for the employee only. Um, This goes above and beyond the benchmark. Um, Our employee plus premiums, so employee plus spouse, child or children and family were well within line with the benchmark data from what we received from the the broker or from the carrier as well as with what we're splitting with the employee and the place that we were lagging behind on the benchmark was the HSA contribution. Um, Then we gathered staff feedback Um, so this has been in this in the form of surveys um, both in-house surveys that we have done and surveys that are part of our total rewards salary study with NFP. 
This data has been very helpful in understanding where our staff needs and concerns are and have helped us to understand where we're meeting the mark and places that we can make changes to improve and meet those staff needs. Throckmorton outlined the different options that they were looking at and how they reached the decision that Anthem would be a good choice. Then, um, last month we went to the market. Um, so JA Benefits helped us come up with uh, four bids that came in from different carriers for our 2023 benefits. We looked at the strategy that we want for 2023 and beyond when we were looking at these carriers. And so we received four bids um, that we really carefully considered and evaluated. These came from SciHo, IU Health, Anthem, and UHC. Um, the first page in the board packet has a more thorough write-up of each of those options. Um, as we thoroughly reviewed these, we weighed the plan design, the networks, tools, and accessibility for our staff, in addition to the premiums themselves. Um, UHC had a pretty significant plan design change um, that would have changed the benefit themselves for staff. IU Health had a significant network um, change, so they had a more narrow network than what we were on previously, and we felt that that would disrupt the employee um, ability to get care and to continue to get care where they're getting it now. SciHo came back with a premium increase, um, and they were the same carrier, and so they weren't able to address some of the concerns that we uncovered in the staff surveys and feedback and some of those um, pieces that we did earlier in the year. That brings us to Anthem. Um, so Anthem is the option that we are um, presenting tonight. Anthem came in initially with a 0.4% decrease in premium over our current year. Um, JA Benefits was able to help us decrease that down to an 8.8% decrease over our current year premium. In addition to the decreased total premium cost, um, we're able to continue to offer the $500 deductible PPO plan, it's a $3,000 HSA high deductible health plan, and a $5,000 high deductible health plan. So the plan structure stays the same. Board member and treasurer David L. Ferguson said that he appreciated the work they had done, but said that he still would like to look at the total amount it would cost compared to last year's benefits cost. And this is great, and I'm happy to know the effort that people went through to make sure the employees would get the best. That's great. But what's it going to cost us like last year compared to this year? I mean, I'm just trying to think of a board-level decision. Like, I think management has done a wonderful job going through and finding the best thing for the employee. That's great. I can tell from some of the text that it looks like your proposal or your choice, your selection, your recommendation of Anthem is because good pricing, good network, good company, great. But what is the net? What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line to the board? Yeah. It's like I could look at this and go, hey, that's great. All right, let's do it. But then I'm kind of catching myself going, what, what is the amount? Board member Chris Harrison added that they need to consider what the employees want to see, better insurance coverage or pay raises. I also think we need to consider as we get to the end of the year and we start looking at um, pay increase, possible pay increases for next year, how does this fit in? I mean, if we're paying, if we are picking up more 
in the health insurance, how's that going to overall impact then the amount we can give to in pay raises and things like that? And which one does the employees want to see? Do they want to see more in their pocket or do they want to see more picked up for health insurance? So those are all things that, you know, we need to consider. The board will continue the discussion on health insurance plans at their next meeting on November 16th. At the Monroe County Commissioner's meeting on November 9th, the commissioners approved a memorandum of understanding with the Community Foundation of Bloomington and Monroe County for expenses related to the program they ran to help kids get ready for preschool. County Attorney Jeff Cockrell explained what the MOU was for. Almost a housekeeping matter. Uh, we have added this to our plan where the county council has appropriated money and uh, really the work has been done. Um, this is a was a program that was to develop to help uh, pre-kindergarten children enter uh, kindergarten and ameliorate some of the socialization effects of the COVID-19 uh, emergency. Uh, this is just the uh, MOU with the uh, community foundation so that we can reimburse them for their expenses. Commissioner Penny Githin said she was proud that the county was able to help. I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to respond uh, to the lags that we envision young children having because of COVID. And so I'm really proud of being part of a, a group that would take this on. Commissioner Lee Jones also commented that she was pleased to see that there are still people working on addressing the consequences of COVID-19 in the community. Commissioner Julie Thomas agreed and said the program was beneficial to the community. Well, I appreciate that. I, I do think this is an amazing program and it was great that this was brought to us and appreciate that effort. And um, this has um, probably had a big impact on our community that we don't even know about. So I'm very happy to support this. The commissioners approved the MOU unanimously. The next Monroe County Commissioner's meeting will be held on November 16th. The Bloomington Plan Commission gave a negative recommendation on the proposed site for the Monroe County Jail during their November 14th meeting. Plan commissioners heard a petition to rezone the property from mixed-use employment to mixed-use institutional for the purposes of building a new jail. The 87-acre property is located on the northeast corner of Fullerton Pike and South State Road 37, Development Services Manager Jackie Scanlon described the petition saying that staff had concerns about the rezoning of the property. Two assumptions that were raised um, at the last hearing, um, we explored a little bit more in the report this time, um, the first being site size assumptions. So we have received various letters um, or correspondence from the petitioner uh, with different um, indicating that they need different numbers of acreage in order to be able to develop uh, the type of facility that they would like to at this location. So that has ranged from anywhere from 20 to over 40 acres, uh, as well as the development being described as um, the jail first with potential um, supportive ancillary um, uses later in the future. Um, and so those things are kind of up in the air, uh, which is fine, except they're being used as a basis for saying that there are not very many places in the community where this particular use could go because of the size constraints. 
Uh, so it's kind of, that's been a little confusing for staff to be able to address uh, the size constraint issue because it's unclear how much space is actually needed. Um, so that's something that we talked about a little bit in the staff report. Um, for example, the Thompson PUD, which was mentioned last time, was amended by council in 2002 um, at the request of the county to allow jails at that location as a conditional use. So that location is also an 85 acre tract. Um, still owned by the county and still zoned for jail uh, as an option there. Um, and then, you know, we were able to look up a number of other counties in the last, I would say, three, maybe four years have either built facilities or plan to build them, often because uh, the, at the instigation of the state, which is what uh, Monroe County is doing, um, and a number of them have been able to build um, adequate facilities at... Um, smaller acreage than what is being requested here. So um, not having a lot of detail about exactly what is needed kind of makes it hard to, uh, for us to be able to discuss um, whether or not there really is limited space in the community for this type of use. Um, and the second assumption I would say that came up, uh, mentioned by the petitioner at the October hearing, is that the facility needs to be located within the corporate boundaries in order to satisfy the city. Uh, I do think, that obviously the current location of the jail facility and its supportive services, they are located in the heart of downtown right now. And discussing moving those, is it's only responsible to discuss what kind of impact that will have on the downtown. That's something that was done um, when the uh, Thompson PUD petition came through in 2002. That was discussed at that time. If those facilities were to move um, to South Rogers, what would that mean? Um, so that is something that I do think we uh, think needs to be probably explored more, but uh, we haven't been really involved in any discussions. This is the first that we as the city really have seen uh, about discussions um, for location of a new facility. Um, so again, making that kind of difficult to analyze when making a recommendation to this body. Scanlon said that while the planning department expresses an understanding for a new criminal justice facility, they have not received enough information from the county about why the rezoning change would be necessary. Understand that there are practical and necessary needs um, for changes to the criminal justice system here and, and all across the country, and that the county is trying to work toward addressing those issues. Um, and that one of the ways they're trying to do that is a new and updated jail facility, and then potentially having area for wraparound services as well, which is great. Um, however, the department is concerned that we haven't been presented with enough information to be able to uh, justify a map amendment request of this nature. Um, again, it's zoned uh, mixed-use employment, the comprehensive plan designation is employment uh, dish, employment services, uh, and they are already quite in line. Um, and so to change this to institutional um, as a purpose-driven rezone uh, is not something that we're comfortable recommending approval on uh, because we don't think that the uh, comprehensive plan supports that. Um, and as we've talked about before, a rezone isn't just for one use. So if if the if you recommend approval and the council decides to uh, rezone this property, um, it will be rezoned whether or not they build a jail here or not. Um, so all of the things the comprehensive plan uh, foresaw for this location, uh, many of those become more difficult um, under the uh, district that they're requesting.
Monroe County Commissioner Julie Thomas emphasised the county's desire to construct a new jail. We don't have an option and we must build a facility. That's an important statement I need to make at the outset. Our focus is on community justice reform. Um, treatment over incarceration is key for us. Of course, the judges uh, play a big role in that. Um, and we have um, a focus on keeping people out of the criminal justice system, as well as reducing recidivism. Um, we have spent a lot of time in study teams visiting various facilities across uh, Indiana. Uh, we spent time in Kentucky. Uh, a group is going out to Ohio on Friday. So we are learning from others. And um, we always ask the question, what would you do differently if you could do it over again? And we're, we're learning a lot, and we're taking that all into account as we move forward. We have a lot of decisions to make on the Community Justice Reform Committee. Um, one of the things I do want to point out is because Fullerton Pike has not been developed yet, the road is not there yet, that it might be difficult to imagine uh, what that area is going to look like when that roadway connects, uh, because that will connect South Walnut to I-69. And I also do want to point out the fact that um, we, uh, our, our next options are going to be uh, with, you know, within the county, but outside the city limits. County Attorney Jeff Cockrell said that the Fullerton Pike location would be the only property that's inside city limits. He pleaded with the plan commission to consider the rezone. I just want to thank you guys uh, for, for being here tonight, and I also want to thank you for the, the conversation we had last month. I thought it was a, a really good conversation. And so I, I think I'm going to start with things which I left the meeting thought, thinking we all agreed with and then get into some of the other points. Um, I thought we all agreed that the county does indeed need to replace the current facility. Um, and in, in order to, if we don't, we're going to have trouble with the, the federal courts in, in the long run. So I think that's something that we agreed to. I thought we agreed that, uh, and maybe this is where I was wrong, is that currently there are no sites uh, within the city of Bloomington uh, that is zoned jail as a conditional that is zoned for a jail as a conditional site and that meets the county size requirements. Now, I, I understand that the uh, Thompson site is something that has a PUD associated with it where this could be built. Uh, we had some conversation last month about um, how that had been requested by uh, Catalent for, for your employment growth, and I think employment's important, and I'm glad that's being mentioned here. Uh, in addition, if, if that didn't go through, I think that the, we had had conversations about that, using that for some kind of housing projects, uh, affordable housing, workforce housing, um, and that was a better spot because that the area had grown to include a much more ho dense housing and much more neighborhood around it, and that was one of the things the county wanted to avoid as we moved forward. Um, I think we all agree that transportation to and from this site is going to be really important. I think that's one of the reasons that the, the county commissioner had indicated that it's critical for our use and that if we had conversations with Bloomington Transit for, for uh, looking at this site and they indicated a willingness to work with us, but if 
for whatever reason that didn't fall through, that that was a burden that the county was going to have to take on and, and make sure occurs. So I, I agree that transportation, uh, as far as blooming transit to the site, and I'd also agree with what Commissioner Thomas just said. Uh, it's hard to envision it, but once the Fullerton Pike uh, project is completed, it'll have uh, a bicycle lanes uh, all the way from Walnut and, and essentially hitting with uh, some of the trail systems of Beeline and those trails. So all the way downtown, it would be accessible by bike. Um, and I think we all agreed that we didn't want the new facility to affect neighborhoods. And so the, the, that's one of the reasons we looked at this site and, and came to the conclusion. Plan Commissioner Ron Smith asked Cockrell about the concerns outlined by Scanlan regarding the size of the site. Cockrell said further plans on the site are still up in the air, so that's why the county is uncertain on the exact acreage needed. I know one of the... Uh, will you address Ms. Scanlan's concerns about... Um, the different sizes, uh, the site size, I know that that seemed to be something that, you know, it bothered her and her department. So, well, and I understand why, why it would bother them because I, I think we are asking for a map amendment to encapsulate what we know is the first use. Right, we know what we want our first use to be, um, but we also have other ideas of what the remaining portions of the property could be used for. So, you know, if if we have a engineering recommend 25 acres, I think that sets our minimum requirements. But then we also have other things that are acknowledged in our. Um, criminal justice studies, such as a detox center, such as supportive housing, such as uh, mental health. And I, I don't think even the mental health needed to be in any report for us to realize that as, as a society, you know, that's, it's not just here, that, that mental health is a problem. And how we react to it is, is currently inadequate. So I think, you know, those are the kind of things we really want to explore. We want to be able to have space for, um, whether that's out here. I think there's also some comments on how we could uh, redevelop our property downtown. And I, and I guess in my mind, that's kind of premature seeing how we don't know what, what pieces are going to fall out there. Are we going to move any of the other uses in the justice um, components of the county out there or not? I mean, those are still open questions, right? Those are, those are part of this bigger community conversation that, that you know, our, Community Justice Reform Committee is, is working on and, and trying to get answers to. Local resident Sydney Foreman raised transportation, environmental, and criminal justice concerns about the Fullerton Pike property during public comment. So, hi, my name is Sydney Foreman. Um, I wanted to speak against this rezone proposal today. I think the findings um, presented by the department bring up legitimate concerns regarding transportation surrounding the site, which is an exorbitant issue with the intended use to be to build a new jail on the land. Um, relocating the county jail from downtown removes accessibility for many families of inmates, increases barriers to defendants from getting to the jail, where failure to appear is already a huge reason, reason for relocations. So if the jail is located way out there on Fullerton Pike, how is that going to impact those numbers? There is the cost to fund buses or other transportation services. Who would be paying for this transportation? Where would that come from? And moving the jail away from downtown is like pushing the lives of incarcerated people out of sight. 
and out of mind, which just kind of sits uncomfortable with me. Um, I also have concern for the land use being appropriate for the natural environment of the land. There are multiple wetlands on this piece of land and thinking that building a huge jail facility on the land will impact the health of these wetlands is in my opinion, just blatant disregard for Bloomington's environmental health. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency reports that in years up to 1980, Indiana had already lost 90% of its natural wetlands acreage so moving these three wetlands around may not seem like a big deal in the vacuum of one community, but we have to look at the whole picture. We need to we need these protected areas to be wetlands or wetlands to be protected areas. And I think this request also disregards the comprehensive plan of placing new employment opportunities on this land and not just relocating employment that already exists within the city limits. So again, I please just ask you to not support this rezone request today. Thank you. Thank you. The Bloomington Plan Commission voted six to three with a no recommendation for the rezoning of the property. The rezone awaits a final say from the city council in the near future. The next meeting of the city plan commission will happen on December 12th. Up next, the latest episode of Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here is today's featured animal. I am Sarah Hunter. I am the Public Relations and Volunteer Coordinator at the Morgan County Humane Society. I am brand new with history with the Arizona Humane Societies. I'm loving it here and looking to get some animals out. Today we have Elsa as our guest of honor. Elsa is a one and a half year old boxer mix. She is a stocky little 40 pound mama dog. She is kind of tan in color with some white booties on her feet. She's got the ears that lag one a point, but they flop on her. She is absolutely a lap dog and she is looking for a home where she is the only animal because she has a lot of attention required. <laughs> Needs for Elsa is uh, no kitties in the home. Kitties do not work well with Elsa. Uh, she needs to be the only dog, probably. There is a chance that she might get along with somebody, but as of now, Elsa is preferring to be the only receiver of the attention in the home. Elsa came in as a stray. We don't have a whole lot of background on her, but she's a very smart dog. Um, she does have some training, you can tell. She knows her basic commands, sit, shake, lay down. So she had to have had an owner at some point. Gonna go ahead and assume she was a mama at some point too. So Elsa has definitely been loved in the past and she needs that love again. Elsa is a snuggle bug, as I mentioned. She was happier in your lap than anywhere in the world. Um, she wants to be loved and caressed and held 24 seven. She is also extremely smart. She can figure out just about any puzzle or snuffle mat in five minutes or less. Uh, she likes a challenge, she likes to be entertained, but she's also really good at just sitting on the couch and snuggling. She would definitely be a good buddy for Netflix Marathon. 
Elsa is okay with kids. We have not seen anything from Elsa to say otherwise as far as children go. She has, in the kennels, not been particularly fond of other dogs passing with her, but I don't think that it's any kind of an aggression that would be anything to be concerned about in the future. If you are interested in Elsa, the best thing that you can do is head over to our website. It is mchumanesoc.org. You can go to our Adoptions tab and fill out an application online, or you can come down to the shelter and fill one out in person and get to meet her. We are open Monday, Tuesday, 12 to 5. We're closed Wednesday, open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 12 to 5. So we will have adoption counselors on site to get you in touch with Elsa and let you get to know her a little bit more. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. With the holiday season upon us, many people may consider giving pets as gifts or have memories of giving or receiving pets as gifts. If you're thinking of giving an animal as a gift or even requesting one, a few considerations can be made to help determine if the circumstances are strong for the animal and recipient alike. The ASPCA recommends the giving of pets as gifts only to people who have expressed a sustained interest in owning one and have the ability to care for it responsibly. It is recommended to obtain pets from sources such as animal shelters, rescue organizations, friends, or family, not from places where the source of the animal is unknown or untrusted. The ASPCA advises that if the recipient is under 12 years of age, the child's parents should be ready and eager to assume care for the animal. When considering pets for children, especially younger children, consider the complexity of care and animal's tolerance for being handled. The recipient's schedule should also be free enough to transition the animal into the new home and beyond. If time, resources, or complexity of care are concerns for animal lovers, there are other ways of channeling that passion beyond pet ownership. Many animal shelters and rescue organizations eagerly accept volunteers, including older teenagers. Volunteering provides the opportunity to nurture and play with animals, regardless of the ability to offer a forever home. Ultimately, when making the decision to give or request a pet as a gift, ensuring that the circumstances are appropriate and sustainable for the recipient, family, and animal alike can ensure a positive outcome for all. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB. Produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org.
Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specialising in solar hot water, solar electricity and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noelle Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Cade Young. Lil Bub's Lil Show is produced by Christine Brackenoff and Stacey Brodevsky. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. And for WFHB, I'm Noelle Herhusky Schneider. And I'm Ruth Flegman. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news programme. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news programme. Stay tuned for A Heavyweight, coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 